Welcome to The Cosmic Calling, a podcast for spiritual entrepreneurs and creative souls on a mission to align their life and career with the cosmos. I'm Natalie Wallstein, career astrologer at Soulshine Astrology, and I hope you're ready to unlock your cosmic calling. Hey, everybody. In today's episode, I'm excited to be chatting with Eric Turnison, a multi-passionate entrepreneur, coach for entrepreneurs and creatives, and an orchestral composer whose cinematic music evokes powerful emotions. His new album, Voice of the Planet, actually just came out on Spotify and all major streaming platforms on April 18th. Eric also happens to facilitate life-changing experiences through tea ceremonies, and I personally had the wonderful opportunity to work with him as my meditation coach earlier this year, which is what inspired me to bring him on the show. Today, I'm speaking with Eric about his journey to finding his cosmic calling, how all of these multifaceted interests all fit together for him today, and how he's been able to distinguish between following his own voice and passions versus doing what he thinks he should do or is expected to do. This is The Cosmic Calling, and here is how Eric has found his. Hey, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. And I will also say, like, the story, it's not like a linear thing where the story just ends, like you you reach like the gumdrop forest in Candyland and, and that's it. It's almost like it starts over again and you don't know again and you have to start everything over, but obviously not all the way over. Anyway, we might get into that. Mm-hmm. There's always a new level yes. to us to <laughs> explore and discover. So you've had many adventures along the way to what you're doing today. But if I were to ask you, what do you feel is your calling right now? What would you say? To find peace, um, develop and deepen my relationship with myself. Beautiful. And why do you feel that this is so important to you? Because I have, as you read off so beautifully in the list of things that I've had my fingers in different pies, you know, starting a business, software company composing music and fulfilling a lifelong dream of having my music performed by an orchestra multiple times, doing tea ceremonies, um, meditations, all different kinds of things. And I realize from my vantage point now that on some of those journeys, I was pursuing them in a way to avoid certain things about that were uncomfortable within me. Um, everything ended up being successful and great. But yet there was something that was missing. And I feel like I'm at a point where I've realized that I need to turn and face that. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. It seems like pretty much everything you've explored has an element of healing to it. Mm-hmm. So I imagine you came to it to kind of heal yourself first and found success to some degree in that or a feeling of comfort and just wanted to share it with other people. Yeah, it's a, every single thing that I've been involved in is a, 
as you say, at some level, the deeper level of healing. Like when I started my company, I think at that point, it was just like putting myself out there in the world and in a way of being a service and being seen was just like one of the things that I was working with. And then as I got more comfortable with that through that experience, I was able to be more uh, vulnerable with that, like doing tea ceremonies is very intimate and holding space in that way and being doing it in person. And so, yeah, everything has helped me to deepen relationship with myself. And so I think more and more it's bringing it closer to home uh, in terms of how I approach doing the work. Yeah, that explains why it keeps going too, because you're going to keep looking for more aspects of yourself and seeking higher levels of healing. So, you know, you get what you can from one area and then you explore new things and move on. And I think that's what's so beautiful about this process of finding our calling and something I always try to get across is like, it doesn't end. It's just like following and listening to that voice and seeing where it takes you. Yep. And I feel like too, uh, I mean, my, at least nowadays, when I was starting my business and doing other things, I would feel like I knew what my calling was and I would very much, I could put a pin in it, right? And these days, it whatever my calling is feels like it's more nebulous. It doesn't feel like it's a, oh, I am this identity or I want to accomplish this thing. Even though some of those things are things that I'm doing. I, I have projects in the works and there are things that I do. But whatever the answer is to that question seems bigger than just something I could put on a business card. I, I don't know what it is per se. Yeah. I don't think we do really truly fully know our calling because it's so much bigger than whatever it is we think we're doing. Mm. And we kind of just have to go with what feels good and hope that it's like going to be meaningful sometimes. Mm. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit more about your company and how you recently sold it to do music and coaching and things like that. What were some of like your biggest stumbling blocks to making that decision to make such a big transition? Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of depth there. I mean, it went through many evolutions. So I ran the business for 14 years. I feel like halfway through it, like year seven was probably the first thing that came up, you know, where there's like a feeling like you talk about passion and I wasn't getting the same juice out of it that I did in that whole seven year period where I was growing it. And it kind of came to a point where it was looking from the top of some mountain or a plateau and looking back and be like, you know, this was great. And what's coming and some deeper questions started arising. And I was being asked to shift my roles. I think an important turning point in the business was the point at which I wasn't doing the tasks anymore. I wasn't the developer. I wasn't the one doing marketing and sales. I had to hire people to do these things in order for the business to grow. So there came a point in time where it's like, oh, great. I hired myself out of work, which ultimately was a goal. But then when I got there and I was like, okay, now what? What am I doing? Right? Like I've reached some goal, but this doesn't feel like um, the end point. So from that point on, it mm, it didn't gnaw at me, but there was definitely like a kind of like a gentle prodding that happened here and there over the years. And then I think it really picked up in the last two years where it was becoming increasingly clear to me that, okay, like it's 
getting time for me to let go of this. And I think that was another key point where surrender became a really important medicine because as soon as it came into my head, like, this is something that I feel is right. The idea of like selling a business, like selling something that I put so much heart into and like hired my family and friends to work at and like I cared so deeply about the customers and the product and finding a home for that thing is kind of like finding a home for a beloved pet. I just don't want to give it to any like private equity firm or venture capital company who's just wants to pay for it and put it in their portfolio. Like I want to find somebody who's going to take care of it. I couldn't wrap my mind around how that could possibly happen and align. So energetically, it came down to me just recognizing that that's something that I was ready for. And ultimately, it it just happened. Somebody approached me who was the right fit. And when I sat with it and admitted that, yes, this is time. Well, then the the kind of the six to eight weeks that it kind of went through the process of making the deal, I went through all sorts of emotional upheaval, like sleepless nights, stressful, stressful things. Energetically, there was certainly a lot of things going on there that I can't fully see. And then there was the aftermath of like, okay, integrating this new space in my life and like what's next and watching myself and seeing how I would engage in old patterns of like, oh, I need to be busy. I need to be doing something. I need to be et cetera, et cetera. Even though I kind of, again, came to a plateau and and reached an objective of exiting a company and not having to actually have to do anything. So there's a lot I could go into in any number of those areas, but that's basically the the high level. I think it's so interesting how we work so hard to create space in our lives. And then we're like, oh crap, I have space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I do with it? So how did that lead you back into what you're doing now? There was a period of time of like going back and forth, like oscillating. And I would witness myself creating waves in my own kiddie pool, you know, like it was very clear that I was the one making those waves. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, I have a choice to make here. I can just let this go unimpeded and allow things to just take their course. Or I could make a decisive action to sit in the discomfort of that stillness because ultimately that edge of discomfort is what would push me back into old habits, the growth edge, really. It's this this thing within me waking up, the sun had set in a way, and the stars of my life were coming out. And there's some discomfort that was arising me and orienting to this new vision of what and who I was. So how the stillness came is just like really surrendering to that and allowing that to happen. And I think a practice of in terms of the the things I spend my time doing now, like in terms of what I do with coaching and what I do with music and what I do socially in my life, I really do my best to listen every day and make sure I'm listening to my body somatically because that tells me a lot. Like if I'm pushing myself too far or doing something that actually is in alignment with me. It's kind of weird, actually, because surrender in a way is kind of like admitting that I actually don't know myself and I don't know who I am. 
And so I actually have to ask, you know, I have to observe and go through the day, be like, oh, well, like, what is, what's actually right for me? It does, how does this feel? And, and that's kind of how things are going. I'd imagine that moving into music, especially, is like a very different process than running a software company like you were before. Mm -hmm. So that's like a whole different mode of being that you have to recalibrate toward. Although I know you were making music before that too, or during it, right? Yeah, yeah, and and in a way, like what what's happening now with the music is, I'm able to do because of what I learned from doing the software company because. What I've been doing for the past three years is I've been producing my music, music that I've written three years to 10 years ago. I'm actually working with a team of people, working with orchestrators, working with orchestra managers, working with the musicians to actually produce the music. So I'm taking a lot of the skills that I learned from being a CEO and organizing projects like this to accomplish it. So even though it is music, like I'm not composing right now, I'm producing. So it's a creative endeavor. But the thing I really love about it is the um, the community aspect that many people are involved. And it's not just me as this lone composer sitting at my keyboard writing music, which is what it has been my whole career as a composer, which is since I was 14 years old, it's always been me basically just sitting writing music and you know sharing it on my sharing it with people but in terms of having live people involved in producing it that's that's really the the new level that's going on right now it's cool how there are some parallels in between like running your business as a ceo and then overseeing this big structure with all these moving parts and it sounds like taking a break from music or I don't know if you fully took a break, but taking breaks in between actually contributed to what you're doing today because you did get to get that experience managing people and you know working on software. It is right. kind of like an orchestra in a way, is, like yeah. a symphony of different people coming together to make it all work and listening to the feedback of your customers and then tweaking things and so on. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. But you know, it's it's interesting because this summer it will be the third time I'm recording with an orchestra. And each time, I, I mean, even that, like the process of just having the experience of doing that, I learn something new every time, which informs how I'll approach the same thing in the future. And it informs how I, I write music because I'm thinking more about the experience of the players and how that will be for them. But there's also a weird thing that happened, like with, you know, going back to the surrender thing, there's also sometimes the fear can arise that like, like I used to be so sure that music was like this in intense passion for me, but it's like, even that, even that doesn't feel as stable as it used to be. It's not this on all the time. It comes and it goes just like seasons and other natural phenomena. So it'll be interesting to see where things go. Yeah, it could be just another stepping stone to something even greater. And you can, the top level of this could be the bottom level of who knows yeah. what. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So I would love to take a look at your astrology chart because you've already touched on some things that are definitely in there. And I think it'd be fun to um, just see how the work you do is totally reflected on your astrology chart. For sure. 
All right. So starting with your sun sign, your sun is what fires you up the most creatively and you are a Capricorn. So that's where the love of putting structures and programs and systems around things comes in. And your sun is in the second house of values, desires, and goal setting. Not only does that make you a really good coach because you love to encourage people to believe in themselves and their sense of self-worth, like believing that they deserve more out of life, for example, but also in your own journey, just kind of noticing what feels good to you and building structures into your life of noticing that. The second house is a lot about like just living life and sorting through what feels good and what doesn't and letting that bring you closer to what feels good. And then your moon sign is in Scorpio. So what makes you feel the most comfortable and happy is diving deep into those like deeper emotions and feelings that are sometimes hard to put your finger on, such as like shadows and um, limiting beliefs and insecurities that are hidden beneath the surface that might guide our actions, but we don't always see exactly what they're doing unless we pay attention to it. And it's in the 12th house of spirituality and higher purpose. So it really adds like more of a spiritual element to your work, whether it's coaching or music or anything like that. Anything you do really has to be inspired by a greater meaning or purpose that feels like it really matters not just for you, but for what the world needs in order to evolve on like this way wider scale, which means you might not even fully see what you're doing, but you're just guided by your intuition to do it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, when you have the moon in the 12th house, it can also kind of make it hard for you to share what you really care about because you hold it so deeply in your heart. And so like, even like talking about your music, for example, you might've noticed this or like talking about what you really care about can sometimes be hard because it's like you're letting people into your inner world. Um, but of course, with practice, it's not as big of a deal. And then your rising sign is the work that you're physically meant to do for a living. And you are Scorpio rising, right? Opposite of Chiron. I just noticed Chiron is the wounded healer asteroid. So that brings an element of healing on a deep soul level into what you do. Even if you don't always see it, like people are healed by your presence naturally, just by being you, being authentic. And Scorpio is also a sign I see a lot for people who work in film and music um, because it's, it is about taking those like difficult or heavy feelings and emotions and transmuting them into something like another form that's usable or like expressive. Of course, that's not always the case for every Scorpio because we can't say that about everybody, but it is like an interesting pattern that I see in other creative Scorpio people. And then the last thing I'll mention, even though I could go all day, <laughs> is that your career line is in Leo and your career line is basically the reason why you want to do all the things I mentioned. Like, why do you want to put a structure and a system around feeling good and being receptive to blessings and abundance? Why do you want to um, transmute heavy emotions into something that helps uh, people evolve on this higher level, including yourself? Why do you constantly want to be evolving? Because that's a very Scorpio trait as well. It's all because you want to express yourself creatively with that Leo career line and also to bring out the best in other people as well. 
So that is the basic framework of your of your chart. Mm. Yeah, seems to fit. Which also what comes to mind in, in just hearing that in kind of regards to what's what I've been saying is going on right now, which I think why it seems like whatever the ultimate thing that I'll be doing is not to be limited to a particular particular thing. I feel like part of my learning of doing the business and doing doing the tea ceremony and doing the music stuff like it can be very easy to try and fall into an identity of the thing that I do and the wisdom from having that happen seems to be something that's guiding me to not make that mistake and not feel like whatever I need to be identified very strongly with what I'm doing in terms of being able to put it on a business card. Like this is what I do or whatever it is that I I do do should be flexible so that I can grow with it, which I think is why coaching is coming around for me. Like I've, I've been doing coaching ever since I've been doing my business. So, you know, for 10 years, but I've never officially done it. It just, you know, happens here or there consultation calls or whatever, but it's something that has always been there that does evolve with my path. Because it ultimately, the fuel for it and why it's something that I can do is because of the things that I've been through. And, you know, something that you touched on, I think it was related to Chiron and people being healed in my presence. Like that definitely happened a lot when I was doing the tea ceremonies where within a short period of time, people people could be talking about something very near and dear and to the, on the surface for them, like something that's really meaningful in their life. Uh, some people would be crying, you know, within 10 minutes of the session. And so, yeah, that is, I'll, I can reflect that is something that often does happen. And for me, it's an interesting thing because like you said, I don't need to do anything to make that happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, interesting for me to watch myself and witness in those situations because something guides it to happen and then i just hold space for it and yeah it's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i noticed uh the testimonials on your website everybody's like he's a calming presence Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like you just have to show up and hold space and all is good but it makes sense why you would i don't know if you struggle with it but it's an Uh, something that comes up for you is like putting it on a business card, branding and everything like that. I don't think that just comes from your experience as as an entrepreneur, but it is like such a Capricorn thing of like wanting to even structure yourself into like this certain package, like this certain presence. And it doesn't have to be something you think so hard about. It really just, you are, you are, you already Mm. are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too cuz I I do wonder about like I'm I'm someone who's very good and comfortable with depth and stillness, you know. Like I can spend time with myself, I can spend time with somebody else and I can get a lot out of that interaction through energetic exchange, you know. Um like in other words, small talk is kind of not really my bag. So and if I'm if I end up doing it in a situation it's mostly, it's a little bit draining to me to have to do it. It's not really, I can't really make that blanket statement, but 
this performative aspect is something that I did have to wrestle a lot more with when I was the CEO of my company. You know, like, okay, who am I supposed to be in this situation? What's the role that I'm supposed to be playing? So it does feel nice that I'm come to, and that was really part of the reason why I think it wasn't going to be a long-term thing for me because I'm like, uh, I can't really be myself here. Like it's weird in the business world to be how I want to be. I, it's just not something I'm interested in doing is like bypassing what feels comfortable for me for the sake of a career. Yeah. It's exhausting and so much effort. Whereas just being yourself is just so incredibly easy when you surrender to allowing yourself to do that. Yeah. And you can create new structures. You can create structures wherever you go. But that's the thing about Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's true. Amazing. So this idea of like wanting to tap into a bigger purpose through everything you do, it reminds me of a post you shared on Instagram a few weeks ago mm-hmm. where there was like an experiment or a demonstration of music being played and it would vibrate salt or sand on yeah. a plate. And you commented and you said that it really made you wonder what you're really doing as musicians. Right. And so I'm really curious, like, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I mean, I think it goes back to what you said about the um, Scorpio in the 12th house and how there's a spiritual angle to everything. I mean, even when I was writing code, like I I thought of it as energy work, right? Like working with energy, because even the stuff that people will never see, people will never see the code, the physical code. But to me, like I would be very meticulous about the spacing and how it visually appeared to me or felt to me when I looked at it. So this unseen aspect of or the blending between the the line between the physical and the unmanifest is something that I am very interested in. Um, because ultimately, I, I feel like the energetic is what informs the physical. The non-physical is what informs the physical. So to me, that's that's the area to focus on. And yeah, so in that specific example where sound is vibration and has a certain structure, you know, another thing that contributed to me being very curious about that is the Dr. Moto water studies where he, you know, played music or did certain things to water crystals and it would change the crystal and structure of water. And then you consider like, we're mostly water. Yeah, I just feel like you talk about presence having an impact. I, I feel like music and sound is kind of like a holographic snapshot of presence in a way. Like I know for me, like music came into my life as a well, way for me to express myself and to be creative. And so, and in the album that's coming out, actually like two of the pieces in there were actually pieces that were written in response to events that happened that I was processing. So one was, you know, September 11th, 2001. Another was a speech by Greta Thunberg, but it wasn't really about her speech. It was more about, okay, like the climate and the planet and how our relationship to the planet and all the stuff that's going on around that. So, you know, I just have no idea, like, um, like you said, in a way, like I, I do these things and I spend my relationship, I have my relationship with them and I birth them in a way I channel them. 
but I have no idea who's going to hear them, what's going to happen, and the impact it may or may not have. But there must be some seed of something in those things beyond just the theoretical breakdown of, oh, this is th- these are major chords and these are minor chords, and the melody is jumping these intervals and whatever. You know, It's ultimately not about the mathematical analysis of what's been done, even though you could interpret it that way. Mm-hmm. And maybe we don't even need to know. Maybe no. it's really just about trusting that mm-hmm. what we do does make powerful ripple effects and we don't always need to know exactly what those are we just do what we feel is right mm-hmm. yeah and I, and I think an important thing for me is is to do things that bring me enjoyment like because i know if i get into the headspace of thinking oh who's going to be impacted and then what's going to come of this like mm, that doesn't i don't do well with that it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I can easily <laughs> discourage myself and compare myself to people who I who all feel like I'll never be like. So ultimately it's like it has to make sense for me in the moment to do it and feel inspired, whether that's writing a piece of music or just going and laying in the grass and doing nothing. Both of those to me have equal importance. Which is, a, which is definitely a new way of thinking for me. It's very divine masculine. Like you're waiting for the universe to show you what to do. And then you mm-hmm. figure out, okay, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. The most efficient Capricorn way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah, the waiting can be challenging. Yeah, I know you've mentioned too, because I listened to your podcast when you had it for Member Mouse, Mm -hmm. about how part of the process of making that business successful is like not always knowing where you're going and waiting for that to happen. Yeah. And in fact, that's what makes it less stressful because there's nothing that's going to stop us from trying to make it happen. I think the realization I had with Member Mouse was like in the beginning of the business, in the kind of juvenile stages. I had this idea I had to make it happen. So I was like working, you know, unrealistic amounts of time, you know, 80 to 80 hours a week or whatever I was doing and just doing all sorts of things and all putting my energy in all different kinds of directions, like thinking that I just needed to do these things to make it happen. Having the benefit of looking in retrospect, I see that there were really critical things that happened, actions that were taken that really were the through line to success. And all that other kind of clutter and noise didn't need to happen at all. It was just like me running around, you know, expending energy. So that was the one of the real lessons to take away is like, just because I'm not doing anything in physical action doesn't mean that stuff isn't taking its course. Mm-hmm. And it helps me to be patient. It still doesn't make it easy, but it not being easy... Um, and the discomfort of that doesn't force me into action like it used to. So I can just sit in that. And that's amazing because taking the right action is better than taking 10 of the so-called wrong actions or actions that are just like a waste of energy. And I'd yeah. imagine that tea ceremonies and your meditation practice, it's helped you become more comfortable with the waiting and the slowing down and having it not mean like, oh my gosh, I need to hurry up and create work for myself. But instead, let the insight drop in 
of what that next move is. Yeah, for sure. They have, they have been extremely transformative as practices and really are what has led me to being doing the level of practice that I do now, which is I still do meditation um, every day. But the line between doing meditation and just living life is blurred in a way where it's like it's kind of all meditation. Just having this witness awareness of watching myself, but not dissociating, you know, and not picking and choosing, okay, like, this feeling is good or bad, so I'll make this choice to avoid it or this choice to go into it. Um, just watching it, which is it goes back to earlier when I said about like, I don't know if it was part of our conversation or the pre-record or discussion before recording, but about not really knowing who I am, you know, and it's like, I kind of have to discover it on a, on a day-to-day basis. Cause I think when I used to quote unquote, know who I was, that was when I was in the mindset of like, oh, I'm the person who would do this. So I'm going to do that. It would kind of be coming from a more habitual conditioned state. Ego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So coming back to your work as a coach, mm-hmm. I'd imagine you help people with all sorts of different things, but can you give some examples of, I don't know, transformations you've helped people with? I know for me, you helped me with my meditation practice and just realizing that it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Mm. It's like in my mind, I'm like, it's hard. And then you're like, we just meditated for 35 minutes. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And then next time you're like, let's not do that again because you're in your head about it. Like, Oh, but the first time when I didn't tell you we were going to do that, you did, you did it. You know, I, I appreciate the question. It's really hard for me to answer this question. My first answer is like, well, you know, I don't really do much, right, as a coach. And I think this is hard to answer because, you know, you get back to that question about or the observation that there's kind of a space that's created just naturally when I'm with people. And I know what I'm doing in those situations, but it's not that I know what I'm doing. This doesn't make any sense. But here, let me give you an example of like something that's very obvious in in what happens in tea ceremony, because it's the same with coaching. What I've found is that coaching should isn't about someone giving you the answers. Although a lot of times that's how we end up looking for coaching because we feel like we want an answer to something. Yeah, because I'm asking you like about your meditation practice and yeah. what cushion do you sit on and what do you do exactly? Right. But that and, isn't really the point. And the younger me as a coach is so gung-ho to tell you those answers because it makes me feel good that I know the answer. But what I've learned from other experiences is that it's far quicker for people to come to it themselves. And people come to it themselves when they're given a certain space to do that and i really don't want to discount you know whatever ability i have to create a space because i think that there is really something to it but i also don't feel ownership over it because i can't explain how it works and i can't say that oh i got to this point because i got this certification and did these things whatever i don't i don't know how it works but i've seen it happen where 
the questions kind of answer themselves when the right environment is created. Mm. And I can certainly ask good questions, you know, and I think I, I learned a lot from doing my podcast for four years, you know, and as a Capricorn, like, you know, I'm always looking for the straightest path to a solution and with the least amount of effort, you know, so I don't know if this is making any sense, but no, totally. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really hard for me to say because I could say, but part of me feels uncomfortable saying because it feels like a sales pitch and it doesn't feel like completely resonant with me. And I, I think it probably gets back to that thing in my chart where you're like, you, you talked about, I don't feel comfortable sharing the deepest thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's has something to do with that. I think what I'm getting from this is that you hold space for people and in that space, it gives them permission to look within. It's almost like you create this bubble. Mm. At least that's how I felt. Yeah, it's music. It's like music. We might have playlists that we listen to and we've created, like I personally have always created playlists to instill certain moods. Like I have a relaxing playlist. I have a heart opening playlist. I have a happy playlist, you know? So for me, like the concept of creating a vibratory environment that influences my state is something very familiar and innate to me. I feel like it's like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's influencing one's state through some sort of vibratory environment. And to me, that's the work that I do in terms of how I keep my own state is how I support my coaching practice. It's, it's not necessarily by reading books and other things like that. Um, although I do that from time to time. Yeah. Sometimes I think half the transformation just comes from somebody booking in with you before you even show up to actually hold that, that um, space for them is because they're deciding, okay, I am serious about whatever this issue is in my life and I want to commit to it. And then once they show up, it's just like, okay, what do you think you should do? <laughs> right. And then you're just holding the vibration of peace and calm and not feeling stressed out about it and knowing the answers are already there. And it's just a matter of letting them download. Yeah. And I think, I think this kind of like surrender again is going through life in a surrendered way is like, there's a trust. And so personally, like I, there's a mystery too. Like, I don't know, right. How this stuff works. I don't know how I work. So for me to promote myself in terms of like, I know it has to be done. Like I've run a business, but I'm experimenting with not doing it because it's it doesn't feel like okay because for me it's more about fragrance because like, i know whatever i say whether i say one thing or another like i'm sure we've all had this experience when we're walking down the street or we're in a cafe and like without speaking to this other person like we feel something we feel a connection we feel like oh like that's there's some interest there there's some attraction to me there's that's the same situation here like I'm not interested in in having people decide to work with me because I've convinced their mind. If they feel it, it doesn't matter what I say, right? And that's that's more the intriguing part to me. So one day I'll find a more elegant way to go about it than just like 
you know, the magician like pointing out how the trick worked. <laughs> but, you know, I haven't figured that out yet. I love that way of looking at it because I think a lot of us stress ourselves out about getting clients and convincing and persuading people to want to work with us with like the logic of why you should and what will happen if you don't. Mm. But it, we really are just drawn to each other because of energy. And mm. I also kind of feel like we have a divine contract to work with the people we come across too. And it kind of goes back to that bigger purpose that we can't always see and just needing to trust it and trust yes. that you'll get the clients you're meant to get too. But also I will say like, I'm in a position now where I, I can approach it this way because I have done it the other way, right? Like I would definitely not coach somebody to do it this way or tell somebody to do it this way. Like just wait, yeah. just wait for the fish to jump on your line. Don't do anything. <laughs> it'll happen. It's yeah, it's definitely more nuanced than that, but I have done a lot of work. I have paid my dues so I can approach things a little bit differently now because of the choices I made. And there was a choice in terms of my business where there was a turning point where I could decide to leave or decide to double down and keep going and keep growing it and keep it bigger and bigger and, and you know, whatever. Uh, and the kind of company continues to go in that direction with the new leadership. But it was more of a question of like, okay, well, is that what I want? Is that the direction that I want to go in? And the answer was no, even though it was a bittersweet thing. Like, saying goodbye to this thing that's been a part of my life for 14 years and that I created with, you know, not solely, but it wasn't like just a slam dunk. It's kind of like, you know, leaving a relationship that not all of it isn't working, but you're like, ah, but there's something, there's something else for me. And yeah, you saying goodbye can be hard in those mm -hmm. circumstances. Yeah. Just like in business, you can ask yourself, like, does this feel resonant for me to take this action or use this technique? And just coming back to that inner voice. Yep. I just said deja vu. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love have we, those done, have we done this before? Yes. In many lifetimes. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, this is such a beautiful conversation, Eric. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us and your heart and the wisdom you've learned from just being in your own presence and sharing it with others. Is there anything else you want to share before we let everybody go? Um, yeah, there is one thing. I'm not sure when this is going to be released, but possibly after um my virtual concert comes out april 20th yeah i just invite you all to check that out it's on my youtube channel which you can find on my website or just search my name on youtube but um i think i'm not sure again how or why but um probably listening to my music is a good way to get to know me at a certain level and yeah this virtual concert is some music i recorded with a 60 piece orchestra last year 21 minutes of music and i'm pretty excited about it so yeah i'd love people to check that out hey eric thank you so much for coming on the show this has been so much fun chatting with you and getting the opportunity to read your chart as well mm -hmm. and with that i would love to have you close out this episode by sharing a quote that has really inspired you so this is a, a quote from rumi that i've been 
holding on to recently, and I think you'll find it it relates to a lot of the things that I've been talking about in this new phase of my life and surrender and orienting to just going through the days in a natural way. So it goes like this. When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of stress and anxiety. If I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me and without pain. From this, I understand that what I want also wants me, is looking for me and attracting me. Rumi. If you'd like to learn more about Eric's music and his coaching options, you can find him online at ericturnison.com. You can also follow him on Instagram and YouTube at Eric Turnison. And check out his new album, Voice of the Planet, on Spotify and Apple Music now. For complete episode show notes and links mentioned throughout this episode, visit soulshineastrology.com slash episode 132. For more information on how to use astrology to find your cosmic calling and sign up for astrology email updates, check out soulshineastrology.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review for The Cosmic Calling to help other cool people like us find the show. The Cosmic Calling community is a gathering place for listeners of the show to connect more deeply with fellow like-minded spiritual seekers. Join us for astrology classes, monthly forecasts, cosmic planning tools, plus bonus features for these podcast episodes by going to soulshineastrology.com community. 